Hello everyone, welcome back to the Green and Moment Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. This podcast is very sentimental, Sam Mulner, and it's about the late Huey Gallagher, but the story behind it is told by Carl Dinzer. Can you tell everybody who Carl Dinzer is and what his big idea for Huey Gallagher is? Author, poet, activist, mental health campaigner. Um... Derby man, Derbyshire man. Um, yeah, Carl, Carl um, is someone who has just had a statue made outside Pride Park Derby for the legend that is Huey Gallagher, who's obviously a Newcastle legend as well, and he wants to expand that project and help get him recognised um, at Newcastle. Um, and whilst we're under new ownership now and people are a lot more receptive to, to tributes and memorials and, and um, recognising the good old days, the past, the heritage, the the real fibre of, of the club. Um, th- there's no better time now to, to really attempt to, to get someone like um, Huey recognised and Carl is at the forefront of that. Huey and Carl, uh, uh, I was going to say Huey and Carl, but uh, Huey's son, Huey, and Carl have something in common that both their fathers took their own lives. And Huey Gallagher, former Newcastle legend, has to be said, took his own life in 1957. Now, that's nearly 65 years ago. And they would like some sort of memorial to look back on Huey's, Huey's son, Huey is now 85 years old, so they'd like all the help to get this done. And who better to help than the Newcastle fans? Because Newcastle fans are very, very good. And the North East in general is very, very good to try and get a appropriate tribute for their own, in a way. Because Huey did actually spend his last days in Gateshead, which is always just a mile away, so... There's no better people to come together than... George is the Newcastle community, the Newcastle fans. Um, look, the his, history tells us that it, it's proven time and time again. Um, so yeah, there's there's so much scope, so much potential. To I don't know how to, how to really phrase it properly and do it justice because it's kind of. We've, there's there's a whole mental health aspect about it, which obviously the foundation do great work with, and and the human race in general have done so much better with opening up and, and talking about mental health than than what it would have been in in Huey Gallagher's day. Um, there was no support system there. There was no help for for anyone that felt that that was the only option left. Um, so look, it, 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 what was once taboo is now no longer. So it, it's twenty twenty one going into twenty twenty two. The time is now to to kind of follow suit with Derby County and and um, appreciate the, the the legends of old, not just the ones in recent history. Um, because obviously Newcastle United, whilst we all agree that led, there's there's so many other deserving people, Kevin Keegan and and so on and so on, the club goes back to eighteen ninety two. Yeah, well said, well said, Sam. I think that's um, the perfect way to get the introduction started, I think. So, without further ado, this is the Greenwood and Mourners show. It is a tribute to Huey Gallagher, told by 
Cowden's. The Greenwood and Mulliner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Now we're going way, way back in terms of Newcastle United's history. Huey Gallagher, a man who a lot of Newcastle fans will know by name and his records, but not necessarily about the story about Huey Gallagher and about later life in terms of after he left Newcastle United and what a lot of people are wanting to achieve from his legacy. Now, we're here with Cal Dinzer. Cal, welcome to the show. Huey Gallagher is a man that Newcastle fans, of course, know a lot about. But why are you involved in this Huey Gallagher story? Well, I share an important thing with his son in that my father died by suicide in March 2006. And obviously, Huey Gallagher sadly and tragically passed away in exactly the same manner. So ever since my father died in 2006, I in a way to keep myself distracted, I've been helping to make statues of football legends with my friend Andy Edwards. And since then, we've made statues in Derby for Clough, Taylor, Bloomer, Mackay. We've made statues of Bob Paisley, the Beatles, the Bee Gees and all this. <laughs> and so Huey Gallagher was always a natural person for me to come back to. I'd read an article by uh, Craig Hope in the Daily Mail saying that Unbelievably, Huey Gallagher has not got a tribute anywhere in the land, uh, a headstone, a plaque, a statue or anything. And I just found it unbelievable. And I knew for sure that the main reason for him not having one was because, obviously, the way he died. And it was just unfair. And I knew once I worked out that Huey Gallagher Jr., his 85-year-old son, was born in Derby, I knew that I could some way bring him back home to Derby, get some kind of plaque or memorial put here for him and then just get the ball rolling in the hope that eventually a statue could be erected for him up in the northeast, either in Gateshead or Newcastle, just to get the ball rolling. And I hope after what happened last week, we can manage to do that by getting Newcastle fans on board and making it so. I think it's a hell of a lot more likely uh, now we've had a takeover than it than it was a few months ago. But um, obviously, Cal, you're a, a Derby County fan. It, it's not very often. Um, we welcome away fans onto the the channel or or, or, the, or the show, um, but obviously there's a there's a, a massive um, connection we have the, yeah. between the two clubs with Huey. Obviously, for Newcastle, he was uh, captain of the the last time we won the league. I think it was, um, yeah. and and before Johnny makes an age joke, no, I can't remember when that was. Nineteen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Many, many moons ago. But um, what is it? How, how receptive were Huey's family to to the project that you you've undertaken, and and um, just how well received has it been for uh, around the the Derby area? I mean, first of all, let me just say this: when I was growing up in Derby, I loved anything Geordie. Geordie Racer, Biker Grove, I'd be the same pet, all those kind of things. My wife is actually from Middlesbrough, close enough. I've got friends from Sunderland, <laughs> the oh. But honestly, in the last year or so, when I went on the hunt to find Huey Gallagher's house, right, I had to first search for Huey Gallagher Jr.'s birth certificate. As soon as I got that, I was well on board to finding his house. And whilst I was waiting for Huey Gallagher's birth certificate to arrive, I needed to keep myself distracted. So I ended up collecting hundreds of Huey Gallagher cigarette cards. So I've got every club he ever played for. There's about 100 in here. I've got Newcastle, Derby, Chelsea, the lot. I'm not just a one-man team. And 
that kept me distracted. And now I've got the world's biggest Huey Gallagher cigarette card collection. But in terms of Huey Gallagher's family, I actually went up north to see my in-laws. And then I took a detour, an hour detour, uh, to Huey Gallagher Jr.'s house in Gateshead. And the reason I was able to connect with him is because of all the stuff I do on uh, social media, Twitter, I managed to get in touch with a, a Newcastle supporter who was Huey Gallagher Jr.'s neighbour, right? And he picked up on my tweet and he said, Junior would love what you're doing about his dad. I must tell him. I must tell his son as well. And I was like, brilliant. I finally made a connection. And so when the time came for me to travel up north, I thought, I'm going to go around Huey Gallagher Jr.'s house and I'm going to make sure I see him. I'm going to make sure I tell him what I'm up to, what I'm hoping to do. I'm going to show him off my cigarette card collection. And we're going to talk. And we're going to talk about a father. And we're going to talk about the fact that these were good men. Huey Gallagher Jr. would say himself, his father was a good man. Unfortunately, he was corrupted by depression, let's say, a mental illness that led him to do what he did. An accident caused the incident that led to his death. And it was the same for my father. And I just think that when people die by suicide, it stops them from talking and it stops others from talking because they're too upset, they're too um, unsure as to how others will um, react to it. And it's not fair. And Huey Gallagher was a case in point. It was time to reclaim his legacy and hopefully bring him back to the northeast as well. He's definitely a man that uh, has been remembered in terms of a lot of Newcastle fans. Apologies if you can hear a massive noise in the background of my, my flat. It is just my, the end of my watch just, just finishing <laughs> off, which Unbelievable. <laughs> I thought I said to Sam, I thought this would be done before anywhere near this, and I don't know why. The last couple of minutes have taken the longest, but Huey's legacy as a footballer, Cal, is instrumental. It, it, like I say, so many goals for Newcastle, like 15 goals for Newcastle in these first nine games. If that, if that, that's like, if that happens now, you're probably getting a bigger move straight away. So on the football side of things, he had nothing to, he had no real in, uh, bother in terms of being out on the pitch. It was, it was again, it was the mental side of things. And in the last 10, 15 years, I think with, even with the death of the late Gary Speed as well, mental illness and mental health in general has been very, very poignant but it's talked about a lot more now yeah i mean his records were ridiculous they were his debut game was a, an everton game in 25 i think dixie yeah. dean scored three gallagher scored two it was a three-all draw it's got to be one of the most mythical games ever played two of the greatest footballers that ever lived my goodness what a player and uh he just kept going on. He's got a 0.82 goals per game ratio at Newcastle, the best ever. He's better than Shearer, better than White, Milbert, all them. OK, they might have scored more goals, but this guy did it in, in so many games to get that goal ratio. The closest that anyone's ever come to that, I think, recently, is probably Andy Cole. But he got some of them in the championship or whatever it was called back then, right? Even Ferdinand got a good goals to game ratio. But nothing will ever come close to what Gallagher did at Newcastle. And... Apparently, there's a stat that says he played 255 uh, Division One games for uh, Newcastle, Chelsea, Derby and Grimsby. He's, in 255 games, he scored 250 goals. That's a 0.98 games per goal ratio. Dixie Dean was only about 0.8. It's incredible. And what I'm saying is, had he not died in the way he died, he would have had two or three statues. Easy. Like Clough. Clough's got about two or three and a few busts. Gallagher deserves that. And you should have seen the joy from his son, Huey Gallagher Jr. You should have seen the joy from his grandsons. They were absolutely over the moon. 
And I knew how much it meant to them because I too did, did, did this for my father. In a way, I'm piggybacking on these legends to not only share their story, but to share my father's story. Sadly and tragically, and you will know about this as well, uh, about a year ago, a year or so ago, another Newcastle fan by the name of Martin Lorimer sadly passed away in a similar manner. And I didn't know this at the time. I only found out after he had passed away that he was following me on Twitter. And he would share tweets about Huey Gallagher saying what a great player he was. It's very sad. And I think if we could commemorate Huey with a statue in the Northeast, we could do a lot for people to come together and actually discuss mental health in the Northeast, even with the Gary Speed situation. Gary Speed is someone who's not going to be forgotten in the Northeast, especially the fact that he died so recently, let's say 10 years ago or so. And it's this, we must use football in this manner and mental health in relation to Huey to draw these stories and bring them forward to help others say, it's okay to feel like this, it's okay to talk, and we've got nothing to be ashamed of. Let's celebrate these people, not how they died. Let's celebrate their lives and remember how they lived so that people can smile again. Suicide, in most cases, most people say it never has a happy end. It never has a, a happy ending, right? Nothing can ever, nothing happy can ever come out of it. Well, I tried to do the opposite of that. I tried to turn it on its head face, Huey Gallagher Jr. especially. For 65 years, he's lived with the death of his father and knowing, you know, that was there or around there when it happened and he couldn't do anything for him. I wanted to live, I wanted him to live the end of his life and have a happy ending, just like I did with my father, because I became a writer, a poet, a creator of statues. Happy endings can come. You just got to keep hoping and searching for the light. Yeah, that's what I, I was going to ask about um, how you draw on your own personal experiences to for, for those that don't know. Again, as you mentioned, you're a poet and, a, and an author as well. How does how do they influence your own work? In the last two or three years, I've written about three hundred odd poems. Right, uh, they tend to be short poems; they don't go on forever. But I've uh, written about the likes of Steve Bloomer, Huey Gallagher, uh, footballers, my heroes, my heroines. I might have even written some about Newcastle. I think I have actually Newcastle, Sunderland, and uh, Middlesbrough folk. Uh, I've definitely written a poem. But my point is, uh, I have things that inspire me, and I want to inspire others by sharing those stories and saying. Did you know about this chap from Newcastle or Derby that did this? And they'll be like, I had no idea. And then, you know, it just inspires them to want to do better and scratch the surface and find out more. And football can do that. These days, I'm a Derby County supporter, right? But these days, I don't pay too much attention to what's happening on the pitch because you know where we are. You know where you are. <laughs> I'd rather concentrate on the heritage side of things and make people happy. And that's what I like to do. And uh, the more we share, the more we learn about each other. And like you said, you don't tend to have away fans like me on your show, but we have a connection. We've got Jim Smith, ex-managers. We've yeah. got Six, Arthur Cox, even legendary Derby County manager who took us from absolutely nowhere, stuffed at the bottom of, I don't know, the second division somewhere and took us to the highest division and took us nearly into Europe. We would have got into Europe, but obviously with... Um, I think it was the Heisel Stadium and all that. It just didn't transpire. But still... We've got these connections with Newcastle folk. We are the black and white army between us. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, as, long as, as long as if we ever have a Newcastle and Derby team, they're going to play in black and white. So that's, that's all that matters, really. But um, I'm going to see if you, how much you, you do know about Huey Gallagher a little bit, Carl, because he had a chant at Newcastle. 
I don't know if you know the oh, chant. I've got it written down. You know it. Do you ken Huey Gallagher, the wee Scots lad, the best centre forward Newcastle ever had? I'm not going to do the second verse, because that's basically saying if he doesn't score, we're going to send him back. No, we're not. We'll just keep it to that first. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I mean, to be honest, yeah, I was wanting to see how much you would say of it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to know the rest of that uh, particular chant, maybe go online and um, have a little look between yeah. yourselves and everybody that's listening to this podcast <laughs> today. But he was well-loved, very much well-loved. And even after we left Newcastle to go to Chelsea, when Chelsea played Newcastle the following season, it was a wow. sellout and there were fans outside, the, locked outside the ground because they couldn't get a ticket, but they wanted a little bit of Huey. So the North East was always very close to his heart. He went back to Gateshead, to live in Gateshead and became a journalist. And I don't know if you know this, Sam, he was actually banned by Newcastle United because of comments he made about the club at the time. So as much as he was loved by Newcastle fans, he understood what the area meant as well, Cal. Also, you mentioned that he was banned. It's more than likely he was banned in the 50s, around yeah, the same time. Around the same time that Len Shackleton moved from Newcastle to Sunderland. And he wasn't a big fan of your club's management. He loved the Geordie people, but he wasn't a fan. He said something like, um, I've got no biases towards Newcastle. Um, I don't care who beats him. Wow. <laughs> but Len Shackleton was a legend as well. Newcastle, Sunderland. So you've got some players that, you know, play for both clubs. But and I read somewhere today about how in the old days, you would get Newcastle fans that when they hadn't got a game, they would go off to Sunderland and watch them. And that was the beauty of football back then. They they respected their own. They uh, they supported their own. And sometimes we don't get that. There's too much tribalism and hate and vitriol. It's not nice. What's the point? No, it's a good point. I mean, uh, there's a lot of hate that's been removed um, from Newcastle lately, as I say, with the, with the change of ownership. Um, I think... If, if we were talking about something like this and, and trying to get a statue for Huey Gallagher under Mike Ashley, you, you've got no chance at all. Um, I did but, try, but Newcastle fans just had other things on their mind, if you know what I mean, like a takeover. Yeah, well, fortunately for everyone, that's that's happened now. So, yeah. what what ultimately would you like to see? Would it be a statue? Would it be? I mean, because statues. If kind of few and far between. Alan Shearer's isn't even on Newcastle United property yet. I'm sure that will change. But Joe Harvey's got a nice plaque on on the side of St James's. What what would you like to see in an ideal world round? Um, well, does it even have to be around St James's Park? Does I'll, I'll tell you. I've got, I've got a few ideas. Um, I went to a, a Goodwara wedding in Newcastle about two years ago, and the Goodwara was just around the corner from St James's Park. So I took my son down to St James's Park. I knew very well Gallagher wasn't there, but we saw the Shearer statue checking his watch waiting for the bus with his finger in the air. <laughs> we saw the Bobby Robson statue. We saw the Jackie Milburn statue. And we took a few photos. And I said to my son, one day we're going to come back to St. James's Park and we're going to see a statue of Huey and Veld, right? And I'm still hoping for that. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Steve Bloomer bust at Pride Park that's actually in the stadium, right? It's on a brick wall that I helped make, my friend Andy Edwards. It would be nice if Huey Gallagher, there you go, there's a Steve Bloomer bust and I helped make that. Right. It would be nice if Gallagher had something very much similar because that pose of Bloomer there is very reminiscent of all the poses you ever see of Huey Gallagher with his arms folded. So just imagine Huey Gallagher actually inside the stadium 
watching on, just like our legendary Steve Bloomer. Steve Bloomer's watching, right? Just imagine that. Or, and another good thing about that, there's other people that say, but what about Melbourne? But what about White? But what about, uh, you know, uh, Sheeran, all them? Well, you want to make statues of them. You do it outside the stadium. You sort that out. I'll, I'll just uh, consider and sort out Huey for the time being. But if not, if we can get a Huey Gallagher statue outside the stadium, I'm thinking maybe make it a focal point on a plinth and then around the plinth, we can have reliefs of other players, other legendary players. We could have a memorial, just like the one at Pride Park, where we could lay down stones or bricks and recognise not only the players, but the supporters. Gary Speed, you know, um, Martin Lorimer and all those. We could do this. All I'm saying to Newcastle Football Club, I know you're the richest club in the world, right? I was on this campaign two years ago when you were in dire straits. Ah, that's a nice pun, ain't it, Mark Knopfler? Yeah. I knew. Yeah. Very good. Great. He's great. I'm Brian Johnson. I knew that you were having difficulties and I knew that you wouldn't possibly go into your heritage because you had other things on your mind. But I'm telling you this, if Newcastle United Football Club tomorrow say, right, we're going to have the, if they give the permission, the green light, say we're going to have the club, um, have the statue in St. James's Park, at St. James's Park, and you say that to your fans, your fans will probably collect that money, however much they need, within a week, within a few days. Chelsea fans probably would throw money in. Derby fans would. Um, Sunderland fans probably would. I've got a friend who's working with me right at this moment to possibly get a plaque for Huey Gallagher in Gateshead. I'm working on a couple of plaques for Huey Gallagher in Gateshead, as well as a couple of other things, right? My friend is a Sunderland supporter. He hasn't got a care in the world about this animosity towards you, Geordies. He wants to do this for the right reasons. So do I, right? Football yeah. people come together to make these things happen. But all I'm saying is if you... Toon fans, if you Geordie fans can help us along the way, I will help you. You just say, we want this statue, and I've got my team down here, and they can build it. If you build it, I will come to St. James's Park. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Have, you, have, you, have you had any conversations with the current ownership about this idea, and have they given you any indication of what they think and what they like about it, or anything in general about the whole... Huey Gallagher Memorial? Not in terms of direct um, uh, conversations with the club. I've had conversations with uh, uh, members of the Newcastle United uh, Supporters Trust, I think it is, and, and other fans and other people in the background. Obviously, I'm talking to the likes of you as well. Um, I've had conversations with good people at the Chronicle Live, right? And I respect the Chronicle Live. They covered all this with Huey Gallagher. My paper in Derby, the Derby Telegraph, didn't even cover this. I mean, what's going on there? It might be that they don't like me. But honestly, don't take it out of Huey Gallagher and his family. If you don't like me, fair enough. But all you had to do was copy and paste the Chronicle Live stuff and the Daily Mail stuff and the Rams TV stuff and put this story out. But to be quite honest, I've done all I can in Derby now. I've put that brick down, the first tribute in the land. Right? This is on Newcastle, Geordie's time... Tyneside folk now. This is on you now. I've done all I can. I'll, I'm still willing to help you, but let's get on with it. Come on. Huey Gallagher Jr. is 85. His younger brother, I don't know, he's hovering around 80 now. Sadly, one of the brothers passed away and another brother called Jackie Gallagher, which was from who was from Huey's uh, first marriage, he's passed away. But we've still got two Gallagher sons that are still alive. And if we can get this done in their lifetime, you, you even said yourself, Huey Gallagher was ostracised from St James's Park for his views. And we know very well back in that time. 
Newcastle United Football Club was not very well run, let's say, according to the likes of Shackleton and the Gallagher. Yeah, bit of a recurring theme throughout the time. <laughs> throughout <laughs> yeah. history there. So let's get it right now. Let's get these owners in that are supposedly good, who supposedly will turn your club around once the January transfer window comes along. And let's get it right for Huey and the people of the North East. When he died in 57, it was a terrible trauma for that whole region. They just couldn't believe it. It paralysed them for years to come. I think it still does. And the fact that he was never remembered the way he should be. I'm sorry, but like I said on Rams TV the other day, on my watch, I'm going to make sure we change that. But I need your help. I mean, absolutely. I mean, if you look, I mean, we've obviously come a long way with the mental health aspect of things. But obviously, we all probably remember where we were when we heard the news about Gary Speed and and just how heartbreaking that was. I mean, going back further than that to Huey Gallagher's time, that there would have been next to zero support, I'm guessing, like mental health would have been nigh on unheard of and it just goes to show that's probably one of the damaging effects as to why he probably wasn't kind of remembered how he should be and and his legacy triumphed uh, earlier sooner than now um in relation to Huey even back then and even now there have been things said about him there, there have been things written about him that are completely false some of the accusations thrown against him. This man lost his wife in 1951, I think it was, Hannah Gallagher. A massive trauma, right? Six years on, he had to look after his three sons, including Jackie Gallagher, the fourth, on his own. He wasn't getting much help from the club. Could have been a coach, could have been a manager, possibly. He wasn't getting that help. The second trauma, third trauma maybe, um, came when that accident happened at home with his son, where he threw the ashtray. And as soon as he did it, he realised, oh, no, that's it. That's the end for me. People are just not going to want to know me or know anything about me anymore. I've, I've let my kids down. That was his mantra in life, to look after his family, his three, four children. And he, he thought, I've failed. I've failed my family. I've failed my kids. My kids are going to be taken away from me. I'm going to be jailed. I'm going to be fined. I'm going to... My life is ruined. There's no point. I'm going. That was then. The same thing still occurs now. Sadly, with Gary Speed, we don't know what led him to do what he did. But it's one of those things that sometimes we never know. But I remember when I was growing up uh, as a 10, 11-year-old and Leeds United were kind of my team. Why? Because Eric Cantona played for him. And I knew as soon as I saw Eric Cantona for the first time, I thought this guy's going to be special. Right in that Leeds team with the likes of uh, Gary McAllister, Strachan, uh, Speed, Batty, and all them Chapman, unbelievable. And then obviously I followed Cantona's career into Manu. I supported Manu for a bit and then dropped him as soon as I went off to the University of Leicester and he retired. And I came back as a proper Derby man because I've got I reclaimed my roots, you could say. But I, I I still checked up on Gary Speed and his career and what he became, uh, Everton. Uh, um, and all the other clubs he played for, and then the manager of Wales, and he seemed to be a genuinely nice bloke. And uh, I'm working, I'm actually working on possibly a tribute for him as well, but I'm going to keep that under wraps for the moment. Obviously, you've got to be respectful for him and his family, but um, one day there will be a tribute for him, and rightly so. And uh, it just goes to show how far I've come with the death of my own father by suicide, and how all these footballers have come into play in my life, whether they be from Derby County, uh, Sunderland, Stoke, Newcastle, wherever, 
Liverpool, Bob Paisley, and we've helped to recognise them. We've brought families together. To them, they weren't just footballers. They were husbands, fathers, brothers. And people smile again to see them again, and their stories can still be told. And that's the most important thing about, about this all. Newcastle Fans TV come actually have a fantastic relationship with the uh, Newcastle United Foundation and in particular the Be A Game Changer campaign which has focused a lot on mental health in the past and you know we have we have done a lot of uh, work in the last particular 18 months for the Be A Game Changer campaign and we've actually played Sunderland Fan TV, um, SCFC Fan TV, I'll get the name correctly um, put down. Uh, and it was to raise awareness for the Be A Game Changer campaign and I actually learned quite a lot um, a, a fellow, a fellow uh, team member of our channel, Josh Banyard, he um, nearly took his own life uh, a few years ago just due to particular struggles. But the fact that he managed to reach out to the Newcastle Foundation, to the Big Game Changer Foundation, really, really helped him. And we actually were at St James's Park on Wednesday. Um, well, last Wednesday for this for this for the for the, for the viewers or listeners that are listening to this podcast as well, and. It was some really, really inspirational stuff, and it just shows how much we've moved on as a society in the last, say, 10, 15 years. Do you think that the family around Huey, so maybe the sons in particular, did they get enough support back then? And did they get any support now? Because even so many years after, it must be such a taboo subject to talk about and to talk about you know, freely and openly. And, the fact that we are more confident talk, talking about these things is only a good thing in the long run. I will say this. Obviously, I've got to be careful because I've, I've had conversations with them about how Newcastle United Football Club have not necessarily treated them over the years, but how they've engaged with them over the years. And I do believe that a lot more could, could have been done, can still be done. It's not over. Something can still be done. They can get in touch with the family and say, look, we're going to get we will get you a brick tribute. We'll start with a brick tribute, a memorial. Apparently, there were fans in Gateshead, Newcastle, who did approach the club and say, can we have a little brick memorial? Otherwise, you would have been the first club. But Newcastle United Football Club, for whatever reason, I don't do that at the moment. Right. Maybe that could change. Right. Um there have been other instances where they could have uh, engaged with the family more and said, right, we'll name a, a, a box after you or a, a room after you. They can still do it. I'm not saying Newcastle will never do it. They can still do it. And they have every opportunity to do it now. It was never my intention to embarrass Newcastle Football Club or Chelsea or Adrianians or any other club he played for. My only intention was to get that first tribute in the land put down. And as I said on Rams TV and the other places we effectively put down the foundation stone for the Huey Gallagher statue in Newcastle in Derby right it just so happens it's 130 miles off target <laughs> but that's for you that's for you guys to uh, now sort out and by all means if you want to get hold of the family do so if you want you know I can I can pass messages on to the family they'll be more than happy to chat to you but in all my involvements with statues in the past I have realized that sometimes families do feel a bit let down sometimes, that they haven't been engaged, that such and such hasn't been remembered. And it's not for them to say, I want a statue of my dad. I remember when we were trying to get a statue for Brian Clough at Derby County Football Club, right? Initially, the plans were just to have Brian Clough at Derby County. Fair enough. New uh, Nottingham had their own little Brian Clough statue. But as soon as I saw the campaign, I thought, 
You can't have Clough on his own when the partnership was Clough and Taylor, right? So I made the petition um, creators change that. I got hold of Wendy Dickinson, Peter Taylor's daughter, and said, look, I'm going to do my best to get Clough and Taylor up there or nothing at all. And I made sure we got Taylor up there at Derby. Unbelievably, Peter Taylor was actually born in Nottingham. <laughs> and I'm from Derby. And it's like Newcastle and Sunderland. I think you know where what I'm getting at here. Yeah. That wasn't, again, to embarrass Nottingham people. It was just to say, yeah, you might be from Nottingham, but he was also a, an, a very important partner in this relationship. The, I think six years they had at Derby, I think, and the six years they had at... Uh, Actually, three. I think it was three or so years at both clubs they had. They were some of the most incredible years that either club have ever gone through. Derby won the championship once. They then they could have won the European Cup. They then Mackay then came in and won the championship again. Great. Went off to Forest. They won a league championship and back to back European Cups. Do I care that Forest won the European Cup? Not really. I care that Brian Clough and Peter Taylor did because I knew very much that they were the greatest managers partnerships that have ever existed. And that's why other partnerships have also been decorated by my friend Andy Edwards. We even uh, helped the people of Notts County in Nottingham again put up a statue for Jimmy Cyril and Jack Wheeler. See, there is kind of old school football community still breathing and, and the heart still beating of the proper football community in there. It just goes to show. Um, but moving slightly off topic, but again, what Newcastle and Derby and takeovers kind of share that both clubs were both um, subject to interest of the Bin Zaid group. I mean, we kind of got away with it. Derby, yeah. not so much, but obviously there's a horror, Derby are in a horrific situation. There's yeah. no getting away from that um, financially as well. Just how damaging was that kind of failed takeover to Derby County? And well, it may have even been more damaging had it have gone through. Were these people that were after Derby County the same people that own you now? No, no, no. no. These are the ones that said they were up for owning us. Right. And then Mike Ashley said, okay, where's the money? And they were like, um, just, right. just, okay. yeah, taxi. So, yeah. Okay. And, then they, and then they wanted Derby. <laughs> what I will say to that is uh, obviously there's a lot of, people that weren't very happy that you guys were taken over by such a group and their human rights issues and all that, right? At the end of the day, you've been taken over. Um, you've got people in there with money. It's up to those people who have now taken you over to, the, to do the best for your club and your region, right? We must respect that. All that other stuff, that's all political. And if it wasn't meant to happen, it wouldn't have happened. The government would have got involved and so on. It's happened, it's happened. Obviously, Derby are in a complete mess. Um, I won't say too much about the previous owner, but he's left within the right pickle. And uh, we're, we're going to end up in League One. There's no way we're going to get out of this. We've had a 21-point deduction. Um, we're doing well on the field. We get the odd good result, but we're on four points. And, uh, you know, I, I can't see us catching up. And even if we did, it would be very close. Right. And they'll probably still deduct us again <laughs> just to make sure they doubly send us down. But honestly, if tomorrow a billionaire buys our club or not, I don't really care. Because as long as our future is secured, 
That's all I care for. I don't care what league we're playing in. As long as we've still got our stadium, even though the previous owner might still own it. I don't know what's happening there. But as long as my club still exists, that's all I care for. I don't care what division we're playing in. And I think with Newcastle at the moment, obviously you're going through your difficulties and you are really waiting for January to come, for the transfer window to come, to get these new players in. Maybe sign some Derby County players. (laughs) 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 Give us a few millions in the bank. Go down, you know, helping us as well. You'll get your players. Whether you stay up or not, I don't know. I mean, the same thing happened with AC Milan a few years ago, didn't it? They were like one of the great clubs and they were getting all these players in. They've got individual talents that were great, but as a team, they couldn't work together and they still went down, didn't they? And I honestly hope Newcastle stay up. I honestly do. But I have no doubt that if you go down, you're coming back. Well, you're coming back up as soon as and uh yeah whatever whatever happens <laughs> my actually first memory of derby county believe it or not and sam will probably remember this game because he's got a fantastic memory newcastle just if you say one. kenny miller i will travel 220 <laughs> miles up there and slap i'm not that young unfortunately um, right. No, my first memory was actually when Newcastle just sold Warren Barton and Rob Lee to Derby. Warren Barton and Rob Lee, uh, two yeah. legends of Newcastle United, yeah. moved to Derby in 2002. And Newcastle played Derby at uh, Pride Park and Newcastle won 3-2. That wasn't even the story of the game, though. Alan Shearer, famously very, very good friends of Warren Barton and Rob Lee. And they always planned to go out for dinner after the game with their wives. I don't think they're both, I don't think Alan Shearer and Rob Lee and then Mrs. thought they would go to hospital after they clashed heads. Literally, it was the freakish accident. And you watch it on camera, it's really, really horrific. But only Alan Shearer and Rob Lee, and Rob Lee obviously played for Derby at that point, but literally bang. And that was my first kind of memory of Derby, thinking, wow, Rob Lee and Alan Shearer look like they've had a fight. <laughs> but it's, it's always been a club that has had the potential and they've obviously been fantastic support. Yeah, in massive numbers. support in the championship yeah. as well. And they deserve to have that chance to get back to the in, with the with the big time. I think the I think the Premier League does lack a team like a Derby County or Nottingham Forest even do I say. No, in the Premier League. Because well, no. they've, they've got there's, there's something about these sort of clubs, Sam, isn't it? Where you need that, that sort of support. Go on, yeah, go on, Carl. Ryan Clough always said that Derby was a footballing town. Simple as that. And I won't diss any other club, but that's what he said. Derby is a footballing town. Okay, we're a city now. We've got city status in 77. More probably because of what Clough and Taylor and then Anderson and Mackay did in 72 and 74 when we won the league. Right? We've got a cathedral. That gives you city status as well. But we got it in 77. Very much off the back of the likes of the 46 FA Cup winners and the 70s team that won the league championship. When Huey Gallagher came to Derby in 34-36, there were actually three or four players that were in that Derby team that 10 years later went on to win the FA Cup. So it just goes to show what a massive uh, part Huey Gallagher played in our future history, that he came to our club, one of the biggest uh, and most popular players in 34. Some people would have said he was past his playing days back then. But he still scored 40 goals in 55 appearances for Derby then, uh, League and Cup. A phenomenal record, right? And it just goes to show Gallagher, Gallagher, Gallagher laid laid the foundations for what was to become in 46 and then to the 70s. Obviously, we've had our moments since then. We've gone to got to the Premier League a couple of times. We've also managed to get the worst uh, 
Premier League record ever. I think 11 points. Thank you to Newcastle for that season. Four points you got off us that season. It's ridiculous. I think, I think, didn't Norwich beat you this season? And or was it last? You know, it must have been this season because we were hoping that Norwich might beat our record by getting lower points because we beat Sunderland's record, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. terrible record, Sunderland. We'll, we'll mention that side of the banter anyway with them, <laughs> with North East. Well, it just goes to show, though, but but if you compare, like, as I said, great support for Derby County, their attendance has always held firm no matter what's going on. And then you look at other clubs of that size, like a Sunderland, and the attendance just fell through the, the basement, didn't it? But Derby always has that great support. And like you said, Cal, when someone like Brian Clough says proper football town, that's exactly what Derby and Derby County Football Club is, isn't it? It is. And honestly, quite honestly, right, we all have our heritage. We all have our history. And we're all very proud of our history. Newcastle, I think four league championships, a number of FA Cups, and Derby, one cup, uh, two league championships and as long as that heritage and history remains right and as long as the club remains we'll always have that to look back on and we'll always have something ahead of us to look forward to and that's the main thing as long as our clubs do not get destroyed liquidated whatever we've got to be content that we've still got a club and we've got fans like us that just want to make our clubs rise and support them and help the people from the past remember them because everything we do as supporters right we do it to engage memories and take us back to a time of nostalgia where people were happier when your dad was talking about winning the league or your granddad or, or oh, my granny used to sing that, do you, Ken, Huey Gallagher and all that. You know, people still say it now. And that's what this football allows us to draw upon and go back to. And that's why football's so great. Can I, just finally, just finally, Carl, how can Newcastle fans help? You're saying you, you can do all sorts, but how can Newcastle fans help with this Huey Memorial? Any statue project I've ever been involved with right from the beginning, I've always done this. There's an idea that's come my way and I thought, you know what, that guy's missing a, a memorial, that lady's missing a memorial, something needs to be done. I've, I've shot off a tweet, I've shot off a Facebook post and I've said, this needs to happen. You then get a few fans interested. Then you then think, right, there's a bit of groundswell of uh, optimism here. Then you need to create a petition. You get so many numbers on the petition, it goes into the thousands, tens of thousands. And then you say, right, we're going to give it to the club or we're going to give it to the council. And we're going to say to them, right, this is a petition. These are all the fans, whether they're Newcastle, Derby or any other football fan. fan. This is what they want. We're giving you this petition. We're telling you, you've got the green light from the fans. You get on and do it. We're not asking you to give us the money to make us do it. We're saying, you give us a green light. You give us that bit of land at St. James's Park or outside, and let's get it done. If you need the money, just put out a word and we'll get the money, right? So I'm asking Newcastle fans or Gateshead fans or Northeast fans, whatever. Somebody, out of you lot, you create the petition. I don't want to create it, right? You know how much I've already been involved. Let's give somebody else the opportunity in Newcastle to say that kid, that guy in Derby, yeah, he's got, he's on something here. I want to do the same, and I want to do it in Newcastle. We'll start with Gallagher, but then we'll come back for uh, Milburn and White and maybe Shearer again. Get a better statue of him this time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, right. in Newcastle in, in St James's Park yeah. sure. around the corner hitting around the corner isn't he but yeah. someone from Newcastle United Football Club fandom right start your petition spread it make it go like wildfire I'll sign it I'll get my Derby folk to sign it and then let's present it to the club we need to get keep that momentum going that's what we need to do and hopefully me being on your show today will hopefully inspire someone to say, right, yeah, we'll do it for them football players, but we'll do it for, we'll do it for someone else. You know what? A couple of years ago, I actually appeared on uh, BBC Newcastle Radio. I chatted to the late, uh, I think her name was Lisa Shaw. Do you remember her? Sadly, passed away. And I had this idea because I was a big fan of Alvida St. Pair. I said, I'd love to see a statue of the boys in the centre of Newcastle one day, the Brickies. And, I'd love to see a statue of that. And if you want some help, I'll help you make it, right? And maybe in the back of my mind, there was something going on thinking, I'm going to be back at Newcastle one day unveiling a statue. But it wasn't quite the Al be the same pet lot. It was Gallagher or it was someone else. But I was chatting to Lisa Shaw and we had a good laugh. And it brought back memories of the 80s and Oz and, you know, all those characters from that show. And I talked about Biker Grove and all that. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show that Newcastle people are good people. I've always thought that. I've always said that. I've got friends in Derby that are from Newcastle. I've got my good mate, Vic Delia, uh, a geology teacher, science teacher, big Geordie fan, always going. He did actually always go up and down to see Newcastle. But obviously, with the Mike Ashley era, he decided to take a stand and step back a bit. But now that you've got these new owners and a new sense of belief, he's hopefully going back. But... It's for people like that, my friends that I do this for, you know, and say, I'm going to make something or I'm going to help make something for your people. That's the way to do it. That's the best way to do it. It's fantastic having you on, Carolyn. It's been a real, real pleasure speaking to you about a man that a lot of Newcastle fans, maybe younger Newcastle fans now, will appreciate and understand the importance of the story and the importance of how an incredibly gifted footballer he really was. Sam, where can everybody listen to this podcast? All podcast outlets, new episodes every Tuesday. Hit that subscribe button. And if you're on iTunes, rate five stars. We'd like to wish you all the luck in the world. And if any Newcastle fan wants to start the petition or needs help to start the petition, we're all here to help. Not just as necessarily Carl, but myself and Sam would love to help in any small way to get that really, really inspirational memorial put in somewhere in Newcastle. But for myself, Jonathan Green and Sam Muller, and of course our guest, Carl Dinzer, I'd like to see you all very soon. Newcastle Fans TV.